The following is for entertainment purposes only. While the information may be somewhat accurate, the hosts are by no means, how do I put this politely, historical authorities. Enjoy the podcast. That dawn history is the craziest thing that you've ever heard. That dawn history is the wackiest thing in the whole wide world. It's all true. Damn it, and welcome to this year in history. <laughs> a trivia look back at where we've been and why it's embarrassing. I'm John. I'm Mark. And I'm the other Mark. January 21st, 1893, the Cherry Sisters perform for the first time live on stage. The now, Cherry Sisters are great. Yeah, well, t- do, do tell us, Mark McCracken. Well, the Cherry Sisters know. were terrible. The Cherry <laughs> Sisters were the worst act in vaudeville. This is later, of course. This is they're yeah. the worst act of all. But what happens about the Cherry Sisters, folks, is that they're so bad that they're so famous. They become so famous that people knock down other people and doors and anything to get to the show to see these lousy performers. The Sounds Cherry like Sisters. Sounds like yes. Spotify. Yes, they were. They were. Five, <laughs> yes, they were five sisters from Marion, Iowa, who became famous for having possibly the worst vaudeville act of all time. Uh, it said wherever they toured, audiences uh, audiences happily paid money to heckle, boo, and throw vegetables at them, along with eggs and liver. Also, oh from, yeah, yeah, uh, and they would. But they the, ate. That was breakfast. The thing. Yeah. breakfast I'm not kidding. On the cherry sisters. And eventually the sisters would begin to perform behind a wire mesh curtain to avoid being struck by projectiles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember like that scene, the Blues Brothers, when they're yes. behind the yes. they're behind the chicken I've wire? I've been in places on... like that. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like, it might have started with the Cherry Sisters. The cherry sisters. <laughs> yes. Well, here's in, in 1898, the Cherry Sisters sued two Iowa papers for libel after the papers printed harsh reviews of their act. Uh, the case ended up going all the way to the Iowa Supreme Court which ruled in the newspaper's favor. Now here is what's interesting. I have a snippet of the review that offended them. Like, you know, they weren't offended by eggs being thrown at them, liver, vegetables. Well, they ate. Fire people saying it sucked. Yeah, all that. Here's what offended them. This was in the February 1898 uh, Ode Bolt Chronicle. Uh, it said, when the curtain went up, the audience saw three creatures surpassing the witches in Macbeth in general hideousness. <laughs> Their long skinny arms equipped with talons at the extremities swung mechanically and Anon were waved frantically at the suffering audience. The mouths of their rancid features opened like caverns and sounds like the wailing of damned souls issued therefrom. They pranced around the stage, strange creatures with painted features and hideous mien. Effie is spavened, Addie is knock-kneed and string-halt, and Jessie, the one who showed her stockings, has legs without calves, as classic in their outlines as the curves of a broom handle. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's yeah. wrong with that? I think he's, it's <laughs> constructive. It's constructive yes. criticism. Now, here's even crazy. In 1896, uh, Broadway impresario Willie Hammerstein was desperate to get some attention for a struggling theater, so he brought the Cherry Sisters to Broadway, mm. and they performed for six weeks and staved him from bankruptcy. I'm wondering if anyone will ever consider doing a movie of them because <laughs> there's 
yeah, been a couple of plays, I believe that uh, like there might have been a musical even. Yeah. And and I yeah. read something that you know there there was debate of whether or not they were in on like did they know they were bad or did they completely oblivious? And it said, you know, once they kind of went to Broadway were hits, they refused all party invitations. To, they refused to visit Coney Island because they didn't want to see women in bathing costumes. Uh, they were very rigid in the morals, and uh, they were a strange mix of puritanism and exhibitionism. It's funny they didn't go into politics. <laughs> <laughs> there, honestly, it's it's a fascinating story. Next to Lepetamane. For our listeners, Lepetamane was a vaudeville uh, act. He was a gentleman who would uh, could control his farts, and he would fart music out his ass on stage. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and and made quite That's a living a for himself for many years. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. February 1st, 1893, Thomas Edison constructs the world's first motion picture soundstage in West Orange, New Jersey. Hmm. It was called the Black Mariah. And the very next day, they filmed the first movie close-up. It was of a sneeze. Yeah. One word screenplay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there were hard, there were no <laughs> there were no screenwriters at the time, <laughs> and so <laughs> Thomas is just sitting there going, "Hey, hey, you guys, we got to film something." <laughs> okay, Mister Addison, what do you want to film? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, we got a blockbuster. But it was it was actually turned out to be huge. The sneeze. Yeah. What what's the sequel? The vomit. What what is the sequel to the sneeze? I... The cough. <laughs> the blow. What kind of a movie is this? The booger. <laughs> Whatever happened to the guy who starred in that sneeze? What happened to him? What? Oh, he got a three picture deal. Literally, it was three pictures. It was like you know, one of your family, <laughs> one of your dog. I didn't say they're going to be in motion. <laughs> the, the, the next one's called the wipe. The wipe. The That's it. Yeah, the where he wipes his nose. Yeah. His headshots right. were just all. Oh, you're that guy. You're that guy. <laughs> right. I love your work. I love your work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so March 20th, 1893, Adam Worth, the Napoleon of the criminal world, is sentenced to seven years in a Belgian prison. Worth would go on to be the inspiration for Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's criminal mastermind, Professor Moriarty, in the Sherlock Holmes novels. Wow. Apparently... The Scotland Yard came up with the Napoleon name because he was short. Oh. What was Worth? Do you know what Worth's big criminal antics were? What he ended up doing? Uh, I guess his most famous thing was that he stole the painting The Gansborough in 1876 and hid it for a quarter of a century. What was he hoping that someday they'll forget about it and then I could sell the damn thing? <laughs> I guess so. time. That's like stealing <laughs> sunflowers, you know, and by... Van Gogh, and then all of a sudden they'll know. You're Anybody want to buy? His, yes, right. want to buy this painting called Smiley Lady? Well, that, that looks like the Mona Lisa. No, no, it's Smiley Lady. It's Mona Betty. <laughs> yeah. Mona, Mona Betty. Blue chip stamps in them. Moaning Betty. Moaning Betty. <laughs> uh, uh, did you say Moaning Betty or Mona Betty? Moaning <laughs> Betty is a whole other painting. <laughs> Moving on, April 6th, 1893, Jack Burke and Andy Bowen box each other for seven hours and 19 minutes. Wow. After 111 rounds, the match ends with no decision. 
because everybody was asleep. <laughs> uh, during the fight, Burke broke both of his hands but kept going. Jesus. Apparently. What was the motivation? A, a gold watch or? The prize was $2,500. Shit. That's a lot of money for. Not for seven hours of getting your ass kicked. That is not a lot of money. <laughs> I take it back. I wouldn't do that fight because I just did the calculations of what in 1893, what $2,500 is. Which uh-huh. is? For $73,800, I still wouldn't go seven rounds to get my ass kicked. Oh, my kicked. God. You give, me, you give me $10 million and some blue chips, so I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. That's right. Uh, let's see. They grew so tired at some point, their boxing skills didn't matter. And by round 108, they weren't throwing punches. They were just circling each other over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a dance by round 100. They're just sort of dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And by round 110, the ref called the match a draw and told them to split the purse of 2,500. So they're basically what they were doing was an early version of the dance marathon. The most brutal dance marathon. Yes. Yeah. Not falling down. Yes. You fall down, you're out. Yes. Wow. That's hilarious. Okay. Well, you've never seen, you've never seen me dance. (laughs) So it's very similar (laughs) to boxing for seven hours. Is Is that a MMA competition or is he dancing? No, that's just a cha-cha. <laughs> was there any aftermath after the fight with any any follow-up with these guys at all? What that I do not know. They they oh they went antiquing afterwards. No, I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> was there a rematch? Oh my god. A rematch. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they went antiquing. I like the idea they went <laughs> antiquing on. afterwards because you know. And uh the, the winners uh, joined the Cherry Sisters, it says. Yeah. No, but I, a I lot just, of those guys no, did actually <laughs> what happened in Vaudel is, is they ended up touring <clears throat> talking about what they did. I took four fifth four out of fifteen <laughs> blows to my ear. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Burke, the audience is over here. <laughs> yes. I can't explain how bad I'm beating on to all those guys. Sad. Uh, Mr. Burke, this is a church service that you walked into. Anyway, May 1st, 1893, the World's Fair is held in Chicago, Illinois. It was known as the World's Columbian Exposition. It marked the 400th anniversary of Columbus arriving in the Americas, and it would have a profound effect on architecture, sanitation, the arts, and America's industrial optimism. Beautiful. It also had a serial killer who lured fairgoers to a three-story block-long building known as the Murder Castle. <laughs> uh, so, so the guy, the serial killer, <laughs> yes, may have killed dozens in Chicago and as many as 200 people nationwide. Wow. The crimes weren't discovered until after the fair. He was arrested in 1894, and then the Hearst newspaper chain paid him $200,000 in today's money to write about his murders. Oh my God, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, May 4th, 1893, Bill Pickett invents bulldogging, the skill of grabbing cattle by the horns and wrestling them to the ground. That's called bulldogging? What did they used to call it? Bull busting. Bull busting. Bull busting. Who do, you, who do you think was the first guy to say, I bet I could grab that bull by the horns and wrestle? Horny grab. <laughs> yes, I think horny grab was what they originally... You want to do some horny grabbing? Let's do some horny grabbing. Come on now. And boy, the lawsuits that came out of that. So that's why they changed it. Yes. That ain't no horn. Wait a minute now. <laughs> oh, man. Horny grab. We got to call it something else, fellas. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I got to grab that bull. <laughs> Do it. Take it down. Do it. 
Put a rope on it. <laughs> Put a rope on it. So yeah, what did provoke this? What where did this idea come from? The bull provoked like, it. <laughs> I see. I'm gonna get you. That's what the bull said. <laughs> you see, we've been horny grab. Horny grabbing. <laughs> I think we need a new name. I've already forgotten what the name was. It was called Bulldogging. Bulldog. Bill Pickett invents it. Inventing is an interesting word to apply to something like Up that. Up in the lab at night, he had a bowl. He had a lab coat. <laughs> a day later, Bill Pickett ran out and grabbed Thomas Edison and threw him to the ground. <laughs> what did he call that? <laughs> he called it inventor dogging. <laughs> Inventor dog. It was little known. Yeah, inventor dogging wasn't as popular. <laughs> Never caught on. Never caught on. Yes. My new move called call this one the Tommy Takedown. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Takedown. Take oh, oh my. Oh, what was that? Oh, I didn't deserve that. Oh, Dude, Tommy oh, Takedown. And I guess that's that's still to this day, right? I guess bull, the wheel bull dogging is still to this day. <laughs> Let me check the calendar. Yes. 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 <laughs> what's what's next in this crazy year of 1893? I'm glad you asked. Let's get to May 9th, 1893. Thomas Edison gives the first demonstration of the kinetoscope. Mm. Now, what is the kinetoscope? It was an early motion picture player, which allowed one viewer to watch a film through a peephole at the top of the device. I've been to those. <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, thank you. I would cry out, thank you, Thomas Edison, in the middle. I love those. Before you pulled your pants back up. Thank you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Did you say people are glory. Oh, typo. Yes. What's the difference? Ra ra ra. So uh so he put the kinetoscope, yes, and and yes. And the the he exhibited publicly for the first time uh, the first kinetoscope. I exhibit publicly for the first time, <laughs> which is why you have a restraining order. Go ahead, John. <laughs> people lined up to see it, and it was just get a peepholes. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my God! <laughs> in the kinetoscope. He was doing his own horn. <laughs> what was it? A horny takedown. What was it called? Horny again? takedown. The blacksmith scene was the first <laughs> film uh, kinetoscope to be Woo. exhibited, and the plot was a stationary camera films three guys hammering heated rods on an anvil. They return the rods to the furnace, then drink beer before going back to work. Speaking of heated rods and drinking beer, <laughs> <laughs> three guys working an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> working an anvil <laughs> is that is that a euphemism for something well in 1893 it was <laughs> <laughs> need somebody to pound my rod <laughs> this is why early films were silent <laughs> fascinating this is the dark side of history with mark, mark. john <laughs> history is looking at us and just shaking its head <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Okay. <laughs> moving on. May 10th, 1893, the Supreme Court declares a tomato to be a vegetable. What? It took a Supreme Court to figure that one out? It was a slow day. Slow day on the hill. It was a lawsuit, Nick's versus Hedden, uh, brought by a produce seller trying to avoid a new tariff on vegetables and tried it's to argue. Fruit. It's a fruit, it's yes. A and fruit. he tried to it's argue a that a tomato a was a fruit due to its seed-bearing structure, and he failed. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never see tomatoes the same way again. Yes. But according to the Supreme Court, a tomato is a vegetable. So 
1893, Ford's Theater, Washington, D.C., collapses, killing 22 War Department clerks and injuring 68 others. What? Did they have any any other details like how and why it collapsed? Moving on. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> no, no, I've... I, I, they probably did. I could look it up if you want. I could. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Don't, don't bother yourself. Um, they, it's I, 1893. They just don't have safety standards. I, I think probably is uh, part of it. See, now I'm like, now I got to go investigate this. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm looking through my notes, but that'll take too long. So I'll just, yeah, I'll skip it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting fact. <laughs> Maybe the Cherry Sisters were inside. I forgot to mention, the reason the Cherry Sisters formed was they wanted to raise money to go to the World's Fair in Chicago. Oh, crazy shit. Look at that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. May 11th, 1893, Henry Desgrange achieves the world's first bicycle record by traveling 21.95 miles an hour. 21 point, so 22 miles an hour. Well, if you would round up kind of bike uh what kind of bike what kind of bike Uh, huh mr details what kind of bike an old one (laughs) i do not know but mark mccracken says he knows Uh (laughs) it had it had two wheels a seat some handlebars. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> what, what, where, where did this take place? Oh. People are going to want to know this stuff. Was it in the summer? Let me see if I can find or it. Was he going downhill? <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> was he a young man? Was he Was he a guy who built a bike? I want details. We need details, y'all. He was Henry Desgrange was a French bicycle racer and sports journalist. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hope that answers all your questions. So he got 22 miles. That's pretty fast for back then. He was being chased by a bull. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is, I buried the headline. I didn't see it. He also established records at 50 and 100 kilometers and 100 miles and became a tricycle champion in 1893. One of those big giant tricycles. He didn't like take one from a little kid. He didn't take one from a little kid and rode it 100 kilometers. <laughs> 22 miles an hour. What's this, my little friend? I will ride your little tricycle 100 kilometers. Look at me go. Wee! La wa. Yes. So, uh, June 20th, uh, 1893, Lizzie Borden is acquitted of axe murdering her parents. That was always very controversial, wasn't it? Because it was obvious that she, it wasn't obvious that she did it. Well, they had incriminating circumstances, but no murder weapon and no blood blood evidence was found. They didn't find the murder weapon. Well, she, must have, she must have. She heaved that axe so far into a lake somewhere, probably. Heaved it. She <laughs> heaved it. Hi there. Good looking. Got to get me off. Got to get me off. That's a that's a good Lizzie Borden. Maybe. <laughs> Did, have you seen this Edison film? Oh, okay. That'll get you off. Out there. <laughs> what, what kind of life did she go back to? I mean, what, what, what kind of jobs could she get? Well, it says here nothing. <laughs> <laughs> go look for it. Google it. It says, or you just didn't, didn't do, do, it. do the research. <laughs> oh, my God. All I know is there was a nursery rhyme. What uh, the 45 wax, 41 
Yeah, so that came out of that. Oh. July, July 9th, 1893, Dr. Haniel Hale-Williams performs the first open-heart surgery without anesthesia. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. His patient had a knife wound. Before or after the doctor started? Yeah. <laughs> no anesthesia. Wow. No anesthesia. Uh, no penicillin or blood oh transfusion God, that's and uh, repaired Ooh. a torn pericardium. I got to have painkillers. I got to have painkillers. I got to have painkillers. Would you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> the, <doctor. laughs> the guy just wouldn't keep it down. Yes. Oh, shit. Now we got to do heart surgery. <laughs> I got to take that out of you. I had to do something. <laughs> Crack my chest open. Yeah. Did they do that? They would have had to, right? They would have cracked Without anesthesia. Yes. I wonder if they got him really drunk, though. <laughs> They took him out the night before he got stabbed. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, a few other important moments in 1893. November 26th, 1893, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle kills off Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it happened when he published his story, The Adventure of the Final Problem, where he revealed that Holmes had died at the Reichenbach Falls on May 4th, 1893. And wrestling with Moriarty, I think. Hornigrad. <laughs> Yeah. We <laughs> we was his final words. That was Sherlock Holmes. Watson stood there for a moment, looking down into the falls, and said, "I'm so disgusted." <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the Sherlock on it. That's exactly what it says here. Happened. Crazy. <laughs> See. Yeah. See. Uh, pharmacist Caleb Bradham invents the recipe for Pepsi. It was originally sold under the name Brad's Drink. <laughs> Boy, what an original title. Uh, oh, his assistant, James Henry King, was the first person to taste the new drink. I made this. I think it's going to taste good. Go ahead. You want to get paid, don't you? So he took one drink and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. He had a pharmacy and a soda fountain. And he worked at the pharmacy in New Bern, North Carolina. And I guess some people haven't picked up their prescriptions. I'll just put it in the drink. <laughs> It'll bring them back. It'll keep bringing them back to buy more. <laughs> so it was originally called Bob's drink. Brad's drink. Oh, Brad's, Brad's drink. drink. Brad's drink. Brad's drink. And then the, who's that one person that said, I, I think you should call it something else. <laughs> It's Brad's drink. Well, I don't want Brad's drink. You need something hookier. Something hookier. Yeah. <laughs> How about new new Coke? <laughs> How about new Coke? <laughs> How about new Brad? New Brad. <laughs> yeah, new Brad. Seven Brad. <laughs> anyway, also in 1893, Edvard Munch paints the scream and displays it the first time. <laughs> uh, says the actual in the painting the character isn't screaming but the scream is coming from the surroundings around the person and the original title was intended to be the scream of nature and the figure is trying to block the shriek that he hears all around him Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that painting missing now am i mistaken is that 1994 national gallery of oslo thieves break window and steal it it was found returned within three months and then in 2004 at the munch museum arn gummen break in steal a different version of the painting and they also steal munch's madonna 
both remain missing until 2006. So it's in a museum now, I hope, right? Yeah. Wow. And apparently Munch wanted people to see his works evolve and change uh, over their lifetime and saw any natural damage as part of the process. And he'd even leave artworks unprotected outdoors, stating it does them good to fend for themselves. <laughs> to defend for themselves. <laughs> like that. Oh, man. Everybody knows Munch for that. And is there anything else that's like really outstanding that he's done? I mean, the Madonna you mentioned, but I don't, I don't remember the Madonna. Edward Munch had uh, the mumble, <laughs> the horny grab. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Well, this, this has been a successful disappointment once again. And I think the only thing we can do at this point is to thank our audience for listening and to fire up the outro music. Yeah. Play Don. enjoyed that darn history please share and let us know what you think by posting a comment just search for that darn history on any of your favorite social media outlets and thanks for listening